Hey guys, ECRG here, back with another episode. So I'm doing my updates now, pretty much weekly. You guys can expect an update on the COVID situation, how it is going or how it is currently affecting clinical research and clinical trials and the overall conduct of clinical research and clinical trials. Um, You guys can pretty much expect in your interviews moving forward, they are going to be asking about remote monitoring. They're going to be asking about um, dealing with a pandemic, dealing with unforeseen circumstances. Um, they were already doing behavioral style interviewing before. So you can expect this, these behavioral style questions to come up during your interview. How do you handle these things? How do you work remotely? How do you um, deal with different changes and things of that nature? So expect those questions in your interviews and I'll be incorporating these into my interview prep. So uh, dealing with interview prep, um, and those services, I still am doing those. I'm getting really busy now, actually. Um, a lot of people have been emailing in asking for resume review services as well as interview prep services. So we have those still going on. Um, so you can email in eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com if you're interested in any of those. So let's go ahead and get into the update. So the recording of this is the 5th of May, and I'm actually going to probably record uh, upload this today. So 5th of May, 2020. Is the recording of this episode, and so let's let's go ahead and start with um, just the overall update of the industry. So, well, it, we can't start with the industry update without talking about um, what's going on in America across the country. So, many states have op- tried to do a soft reopening. That's the first step, really, to opening up of clinical trials is really opening that up. Um, but the problem is. Um, people are op- opening up the different states and different cities, but people are congregating and getting together and increasing the COVID cases even more rapidly. So I think we're going to have a huge second wave. So we'll see in my update in a few days or next week. Um, I think we're going to have a huge upswing in COVID cases and COVID deaths, which is going to prompt many of the states to have to close again. They did it too early. Um or they're going to have this have them open, but businesses are still going to remain closed for uh, harm of infecting their customers and clients and employees. Um, once again, guys, this is this is not just an old person's disease. This is not just a pre-existing person's disease. Healthy people are getting it. Healthy people are dying from COVID-19. So that's why it's scary for a lot of people, um, including myself. Um, I'm not one to... Um, I have a lot of sites in New York City. I'm not going to be going up there um, for a while, um, even if it reopens. Even if it reopened today, I would not be going up there. Um, I would be you know, saving that for months down the line when things are really, really back to normal there. Um, but it's going to take a long time for that to happen, um, especially because you, you open things up and then all of a sudden there's a big... Um, increase in COVID cases and it's spreading even further faster than before because people are thinking, you know, everything's all good. Um, So we'll see what happens with that. But I don't think, I think we're uh, still a few weeks away from opening back up and opening travel back up in clinical research. Um, Right now we have a travel ban until uh, next week. What date is that? Either the 15th or the 16th of May, we have a travel ban at, um, the current company, many companies have that travel ban too. So it's going to be reevaluated. I think it will probably go another couple weeks. And then 
Uh, maybe we'll open it, open it up to certain areas of the country. Um, once again, I think certain areas are going to be hit harder. Uh, as you can see, D.C., New York City, those major, major cities where people are living up on top of each other, uh, mainly New York City, because you got people just living so close to each other. Um, people live in essentially like a cardboard box there. It's just how small it is. But you've got other places like Texas, which is just so vast and so wide that um, coronavirus, it's a lot harder to spread because people are just more spread out in general. Um, same thing with L.A. A lot of people uh, were living in L.A. And, you know, the cases were spiking initially, but L.A. is a little bit more spread out than New York City. It's a very, very car dependent place. So people are in their individual cars. Um, New York City is very, very heavily dependent on buses, um, subways, public transportation, things of that nature. So people are uh, kind of cooped up near each other and it can spread very fast there. So New York is kind of its own little situation, but typically those major cities, you're going to see that. So we might not see travel to those major cities for a long time in clinical research. And um, a lot of my sites, since I am East Coast based, are New York City. I have a few in Washington, D.C. Um, I have a few elsewhere, um, North Carolina, um, Ohio. So I'll be going to those sites first as things open up. But to be honest, none of my sites are open right now. They're not doing any type of monitoring visits. They're still doing remote monitoring visits. Um, and they're still not allowing patients on site. Um, you have to keep in mind that because we're doing phase three clinical trials, a lot of these patients are already immunocompromised. Um, they're already not in a great situation because they're doing a clinical trial. Um, so you've got to really take that into consideration when you're opening up these clinics. Um, even though the, the staff may be a little bit more robust, they may be a little bit healthier, um, this is, you don't want to pass on COVID to these patients because they're already uh, at risk. They're in the high-risk category most of the time, especially if you're doing oncology studies or anything, immune-related studies, um, lupus, any autoimmune studies. Um, they're high risk, so you got to be careful. you got to be really, really thoughtful about what you do here. So um, we're currently in the talks of doing remote closeout visits for a lot of these sites. Um, I have had a few sites that have discontinued subjects remotely, um, which is usually not going to happen, which usually doesn't happen. Normally, you want all this stuff done on site. You want your uh, monitoring closeout visits done on site, um, and you want your study termination visits. That's the last visit that the study comes in, that the patient comes into the study. That's going to be the last visit to the study. Um, that's where they return all their drug. They return their devices. They return any kind of clinical trial material that they may have. And um, if that's going to be done remotely, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how we get all that product back. Um, not to mention all that IP that the subject has. So uh, that's going to be interesting. But there are talks of that going on, how to do all that stuff remotely. And, um, you know, that's shocking because you thought the COVID was going to come, stay for a month or two, and then be on its way. But it, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. It looks like we're going to be dealing with COVID for a while and the repercussions of it. So, you know, we may be do we may be starting to do these study termination visits um, remotely. We may be starting to do closeout visits remotely. So it's just something you got to adapt to. Um, do I like working remotely? Is something that I've been asked a lot, and no, I don't. 
especially when you're not built for it. Some sponsors, some CROs are more built for and have this remote style infrastructure. But a lot of the times when these studies are started, they're started to use traditional monitoring. Uh, they weren't thinking about a pandemic coming through and not being able to to fly or not being safe to fly and not being safe to uh, be in different areas of the country um, with a high risk, uh, with a, you know, a, a pretty decent mortality uh, disease. So obviously they didn't think about having a contingency plan for remote monitoring. Um, and a lot of sponsors, a lot of CROs are in that position right now. So you've kind of got to take that into account um, when do, doing what you're trying to do when managing these studies. But um, you, you just keep going on and you make adjustments as needed. Um, so some people, you know, they might be more based in the Midwest. Uh, they may have more Texas sites. They might be able to go to those sites earlier. They might be able to um, do actual, actual in-person um, closeout visits. So I think it's going to be, there's going to be staggered. Some of the more rural sites, they may open sooner, have the patients come in sooner. But those heavy cities, those major cities, Chicago, New York City, Washington, D.C., I think we're going to see those open up much, much later for clinical research. Um, so all those could be remote uh, study termination visits, which I hate because I hate having leftover action items after the visit. I want, I like everything to be done when I'm there and I like to leave with a clean slate. That's how I prefer things. Um, so we'll see. So hopefully I'm crossing my fingers that doesn't, that doesn't happen. I'm hoping that coronavirus is over soon. Um, not only to limit the amount of infected and limit the amount of deaths, uh, but also to, um, close down clinical trials more effectively. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting. I think Moving forward, this is always going to be in the back of our mind. How do we put stop gaps in place to prevent another pandemic from um, ruining our progress and affecting to stop it from affecting um, how we do clinical trials? So I think everything is going to have these contingency plans in place. Um, everything is. Everything is going to be affected by this. Um yeah, so not to not to mention, I mean, restaurants are open. I guess you just got to order takeout. But in the beginning, you know, all the restaurants were closed. They were trying to figure out how they would stay in business, not having dine-in services. So then the takeout started to come. So now more and more restaurants are doing the takeout stuff. But in the beginning, if you remember, um, a lot of them were just closed. Um, so, you know, it was going to be hard. And a lot of stores are closed pretty much only the essentials. I think, yeah, you could definitely still do a monitoring visit. Um, enough stuff is open. Um, but, um, you know, enough stuff was open. Um, but in the beginning, it wasn't like that. Everything was closed. Everything was shut down. Um, another thing I'm seeing too is the momentum. People are starting to feel like they've been locked up for long enough, so they deserve to be outside. They deserve to be in these public places. I saw a picture that's been floating around Instagram of all these people in Manhattan at these parks. Well, I'm just picking on Manhattan right now because that's the picture I saw, but I'm sure this is happening all over the country. And the more people are doing it, it's like, it's like kind of when you 
you know, running a race in a hundred meter dash and you see the, you see the finish line, you're only like five feet away from it, but you, and you start to slow down rather than run through it and finish the race. And then someone is right behind you who you don't see and they end up beating you because you just slowed down and they cross the line before you. It's kind of like this with COVID. I feel like we're right there at the end. We're social distancing. We're social distancing. Um, everyone's in their house. Everyone is not, um, you know, contaminating other people and passing it on. We're right there at the end. If we just do this for a couple more weeks, we'll probably have um, crossed the crossed the barrier and have um, reduced its numbers in our population enough where we can um, continue to, um, where we can kind of get back to normal. But we're right there at the end, and of course, people are coming out. They're partying. Um, I was once at a. I was once. Um, I recently heard about one of my friends said their neighbor neighbors had a birthday party, and you know they had a bunch of people over. They had about eight nine people over having a party. Um, you're not supposed to be doing that, and you know that's how it gets spread. And that's in that kind of activity because you're being selfish and want to have a birthday party and invite all your friends over. Um, it's just gonna make it worse for all of us. Um, we're just going to be back in this situation in a month from now because people couldn't finish the race. They couldn't finish the deal. Um, so I think we're going to be dealing with this for a while because people can't stay disciplined. And, you know, that's just how it is in America. A lot of people can't stay disciplined long enough. That's why, you know, I'm going to get off my soapbox here in a second. But um, people can't say disciplined to do a lot of things. And that's just kind of the American American way in a lot of ways. Um, they don't like being told what to do. You know, they don't like being told you got to social distance. You got to wear a mask in these places. So that's why you see all these crazy stories about, you know, a security guard being shot because he was telling a customer to wear a mask. Or you hear these, these crazy, other crazy stories about, um, you know, police um, not wearing masks and, you know, people just don't like to be told what to do. And so that's really a problem in America where they feel like there's some kind of conspiracy by the government um, to, you know, tell us what to do and keep us in our place. Man, ain't none of that true. That's all bogus. So, um, so because of that, we're going to have a big second surge likely in America um, where other countries have buckled down, did what they need to do, and now coronavirus has passed them. And, um, yeah. So I think we're still a few weeks out before opening up. And it sucks because, you know, we did a lot of the hard work already. We've been social distancing for a long time. And it's basically, I feel like, going to come back and... You know, there's nothing we can really do about it. I feel like it's just going to be pretty much mayhem um, because people it's coming back and people aren't going to want to go back and social distance and stay in their house. Uh, people are, I mean, there's a segment of the population that thinks that, um, you know, I guess they're out of money, so they need to get back to work so they can continue to make money to continue to make end, ends meet. And I, of course, I respect that. Um, but but then there's a whole another segment of that population that thinks that the government is just trying to tell us to stay in our house so they can control us. Um, not necessarily the money aspect, but just control. And um, I don't think that's that's what's going on here. I just don't think that's what's going on here. Um, I think there's a real threat. And, you know, it was somewhat ironic. I saw a uh, article come up about someone, the, the leader of the... Um, 
basically the the who was pro they were protesting um, the stay at home orders. The leader of that uh, protest ended up getting sick with COVID. So it's just ironic. They think all this stuff is bogus. They think it's fake. And then you know someone who has COVID or who struggles with COVID. Uh, I know a number of people. Um, well, no one me directly, but friends who have had family members pass from COVID, who have family members who have been still battling COVID. Um, it's amazing how some people, it just passes right through. They barely even have a sniffle. Other people, it just absolutely debilitates them. They're in the hospital for weeks. Um, they're just, you know, they're really in bad shape uh, after dealing with it. So it's just amazing the variance there. You got some people that just pass it off. And then you got other people who uh, are really, really debilitated. And it's hard to know which one you you would be. Um, that's another thing I'm concerned about is it's hard to know. If you get it, you hope that you just pass th- it just passes right through you without a problem. Um, but you don't know. You could be hospitalized because of it. So it's really it's pretty scary to, to think about. Um, but that's the update I have. 5th of May, 2020. Of course, if you guys are interested, email in. Now's a good time to get your resume right. Um, and clinical research is going to come back very, very strong. Um, a lot of number of companies are doing coronavirus studies. Of course, we're going to need a lot of these vaccine studies. So um, if you're interested in working on that, you definitely want to have your resume right. Um, a lot of studies have been put on hold, been put on pause right now because of coronavirus. Um so you want to be ready for those studies. There's a lot of studies coming down the pipeline. So you want to make sure your resume is right. You want to make sure you stay interview ready. Um, practice now. Practice with me now. Um, practice with yourself now. Um, I would I would practice with me now so that by the time the jobs come back on the market and they're hiring again, you're ready to go and you're one of the first people to get a job and you hit the ground running. So you really want to make sure that you're ready. So use this time now to get ready. Um Use this time now. I'm gonna give a shout out um, to Dan at the Clinical Trials Guru. His book. Um, trying to find my copy. Um, it's over there in the corner. It's covered up. But anyway, his book is really good. It's something something to do with. I'm gonna look at it real quick. Hold on. His book, The Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Trials Research, really, really good book. I read it front to back. Now's your time to read these books and get your information up. Um, Strongly recommend that book for you guys to listen. So shout out, Dan. And now's your time, guys. Um, You should not be coming out of quarantine worse off. Um, You should should be basically you should be coming out of quarantine if you're trying to get into clinical research field. You should be coming out of this quarantine much better. So more educated on clinical research, have a better resume, better interview skills. You should be coming out better. You should not be coming out worse off unless, of course, you, you know, I'm not talking financially. Leave that off. But you should be coming out better in all these different areas when it comes to clinical research. Um, so use this time to your advantage, guys. Apply for jobs. Look up jobs. Look up careers. Watch my episodes on YouTube or the podcast. Listen to my episodes. Um, read the book. Um, so so use this time wisely, guys. That's all I can say. Take care. Uh, if you have any questions, email me, eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. Take care, guys.